Well, good morning, church. Good to see all of you this morning. So thankful for each one of you. You know, sometimes there's, there's nothing greater than just the simple reminder that some of those old hymns bring back to us. Um, and just that, that settled reassurance um, that God is for us and not against us. Amen. And that his presence is true and real. And he is with us, a very present help in time of need. And just that reminder that we can always, always, always depend on and trust in Jesus. Well, let me invite you, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to invite you to look at a few passages with me this morning. First, we're going to kick off from Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, as we continue a series that we started last week, it's called our Back to Church series. It's, it's titled Rooted. And um, I want to look at this prayer. Uh, this has been my prayer for you over the last two weeks. And, I've, and since it's going to be the themed prayer uh, that I find myself praying for you all, for, for myself, for our family, and the different friends in Christ and just believing this. This is a, a prayer that the Apostle Paul wrote and prayed and sent to the believers in Ephesus at the time. And let's look at it in chapter 3, verse 14. He says, man, when I think of this, I just fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And, and I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources... He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. You know, there's only so, so much human strength that you and I can muster up and have to, to get through the day, to get through the week, to get through a, a tough time or, or, or a stressful season um, or, or whatever it may be. There's only so much of our human strength, human willpower, human wisdom, human reliance <clears throat> that you and I can depend on. There's something greater that Paul prays here that is for us and that I find myself praying right now for all of us is that from God's glorious, unlimited, think about that word, unlimited, unlimited resources. God has unlimited resources for his people. Unlimited. There's no end to to what he can give us. There's no end. Uh, can, you can't exhaust it. You cannot exhaust it. And he says, from his unlimited resources that he would empower you with inner strength through his spirit. You know, when the Holy Spirit of God touches the spirit of a human, supernatural things take place. And there's whatever you might be in at this in this time of life in this time of year listen i want to encourage you and i and i, I want to admonish you in this i want to inspire you with this same prayer that paul uh prayed for his fellow believers and and that the same for us today is that that i believe and i'm asking the lord to strengthen us with an inner strength through his spirit because we we all are going to have things in, in our life that, that will pull on us, that will weigh on us, that will try us, that will, that will try to get the best of, of ourself. And we won't always respond right. We won't always, you know, get it right. We won't always, you know, if someone 
uh, pinches you, you won't always bless them, you know? Though, though, where they're gonna, we're going to find ourselves in times where we doubt and times where we wonder, times where we even wander, and, and there's, there's got to be a, a greater dependency that, that we have, especially, man, in 2023, uh, you, you name it, you, you cl- there's always a, a headline, there's always a thing, it's bigger than our, where we live, there's always something greater that can be scary, and something um, that can try to strike fear and anxiety, <coughs> And then bring it on home, whatever it is each one of us deal with, what each one of us wrestle with. We all have some things going on in our life, and there's got to be a greater dependency that we must have that is bigger than ourself. And that must be on the reliance of the unlimited resources of heaven that God can give us through his spirit. And that's my prayer uh, for this season as we enter into this beginning of this early stages of fall, even though the day is going to feel like a scorcher. Uh, it's not going to feel like fall in the temperature realm. But in this, in this time frame, um, as we sh- have been shifting gears with kids back to school, kids getting going to college, uh, ch- schedules have changed. You know, routines are changing. Paces are changing. Places are changing. People are changing. All these things are happening that, man, we, we cannot begin to try to approach this part of life of our own accord and out of our own strength. And so I, I want to encourage you in that alone. And then he goes on in verse 17. Then Christ, he says, he prays, will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. That your roots, everyone say roots. Come on, everybody say Roots. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. In this series, we're taking a look at several things from the word of what we can be, what we need to be rooted in. And last week we talked about being rooted in vision, having a vision that we're rooted in where Christ is the center of our life. He's the center of everything. He's not just some side piece, some sidekick, some afterthought, but he, <clears throat> he is the centerpiece. He is the center of us, of our life, of when we make decisions, when we look at other things, when we look at people, when we have the outlook of our world, Christ be the center of it all. Whatever it is in the center of our, of our mess, Christ be there in the center of our triumph. Christ be in the center. Whatever it is uh, in our life that, that we get this vision that Christ be the center. Today we're going to look at being rooted in the Word. Being rooted in the Word. And um, as we go on through this series, we're going to be challenged on some things. And <clears throat> that is uh, each week we're, we... Uh, are believing for the Spirit to, to prompt us, to open our eyes to see how we can go a step further, dig a little bit deeper into the soil of, of the kingdom of God and take greater, stronger, deeper roots into what we need to make sure we're holding on to and what is sustaining us and what is bringing nurture to our spiritual lives and to our faith. And... Um, and so I want to I want to look at a few things today. Some some set to kind of set this up. I want to look at three places today. First, go with me to Colossians chapter three. And at the end of this series, uh, at the end, it's going to be uh, the end of September. 
Um, and so we're going to be in this for a while. But at the end of September, we're building ourselves up with this called Back to Church series. Is that we'll, we'll be talking more about this. But the last Sunday of September, which I believe is September the 24th, we're going to be having a big church-wide picnic. Okay, so we're going to have more de details about that. But we want to build up to where we are looking at people in our circle, people in our path, uh, people in our family, maybe. Um, that, uh, that we could consider inviting to church. Uh, and I'm talking about people who are not already a part of another local church. All right, I don't want to uh, take people away. I'm not asking you to do that. Uh, I'm talking about people that, that, are, that maybe have been in church once and now they're not. Uh, maybe people who just maybe dabble a little bit in church or people who don't even go to church that you know and that you would consider praying for them and consider inviting them uh, to church uh, at some point during this series. But we're going to be talking some more about that and even talking about one of our points in this series is we're going to be looking at how we are, should be rooted in sharing the message of God's love with others. And so we're going to be talking about what that look, can look like, how that can transpire, and, uh, and what that can, how that can flesh out. Colossians 3. Look at verse 16. <clears throat> Again, Paul says, Let the message or let the word of Christ... Everyone say word. Let the word of Christ in all its richness... Man, the language he uses here. The richness of God's word. Let the word of Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Let the message, the word about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Let it fill you and then use that to teach others. Look at Romans 15. Romans 15, again, another portion of Paul. By the way, if you didn't know it, he wrote the majority of the New Testament. About two-thirds of, of it is what he wrote. <clears throat> Romans 15 verse 4 breaks in and he says, These things were written in scriptures. Everyone say scriptures. These things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures tell us how awful we are, how stupid we are, how ignorant we can be. No? No, oh, my bad. I've been hadn't been well this week, so let me make sure my eyesight's good. The scriptures, oh, here it is. Thankfully, it's just not that. The scriptures give us hope, and they give us encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Anyone have anyone experienced some of God's promises coming to pass in your life? Come on, let me see your hands. Anybody had some promises of God come to pass in your life? Man, what about from the time you experienced something to the time it actually came to pass? What would you feed on? What would you remind yourself with? What would you reassure yourself with? Dr. Phil? Maury? No. Scriptures, the Word of God, gives us hope, encouragement as we wait patiently for the fulfillment 
of these promises. Then look with me. And he says, these things are given to us to teach us. The scriptures were given to teach us. And then lastly, 2 Timothy 3. Paul to his young pastor, Timothy, he reminds him of this in verse 16. All scripture, over there it is again, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, it corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do what's right. And God uses it, scripture, the word, to prepare us and to equip us, his people, to do every good work. In all of these passages, these three main passages that I've looked at today, it each one tells us that the scriptures, the word of God, and it describes it, it's rich, it gives us hope, it gives us encouragement, but one of the main things it does says it teaches us. It teaches us. And today, for a little bit, I wanna, I'm going to give you a lot of verses, but I'm not going to read them because it's too many. Um, but what I'm going to ask you to do, whether you, you are accustomed to this or not, I'm going to ask every single one of you, write all of these scriptures down. I want you to write them down, uh, either in your type, type them out in your phone or whatever you got, pen, paper, whatever. I, I'm going to ask you, I don't ever ask you to do this, but I'm going to ask you to write these down because I, I, I want to encourage you this today over this next week. I want you to go back and I want you to read these. All right? I want you to read these. You can't say that you don't have anything to read from the, from the Word because I'm going to give these to you, okay? And, um, and what I'm going to do is, um, this is not an exhaustive list, obviously. This is just a short list of a few things, of some things that God's Word teaches us. And I felt like these, these were strongly on my mind earlier this week and, uh, and on my heart, and I wanted to just bring them to you today, serve them to you today, some reminders of what, some things that, that God's Word teaches us, all right? And with each one, I'm going I'm to give you the verses to write down. The first is this, God's Word teaches us that God is our creator and that He created us to live a life that glorifies Him. God's Word teaches us that He is our Creator and that He created us to live a life that glorifies Him. Here's the Scriptures, Genesis 1.28 and Ephesians 2.10. There's obviously more Scriptures that you can attach to that. Maybe when you read it, you can do some cross-referencing on it. Number two, some things God word, God's Word teaches us. It teaches us that we have three main enemies against our soul. We have three main enemies against our soul. The world, our flesh, and the devil. Three main enemies against our soul. The world, 1 John 2.15. 1 John 2.15. Our flesh... Galatians 5.17. The devil, 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9. A lot of these, you probably already know these. So thanks for humoring me. 
I remember the first time I learned that as an early Christian. That, that particular one, three enemies. I remember reading that. Somebody had taught that, and I was looking at the notes, and I was like, holy cow. I remember when my eyes just opened up to that understanding. Here's a third one. Some things the Word of God teaches us. It teaches us that God is for us and that He is greater in us than anything that is in this world. That Jesus is the Word made flesh, that He came to dwell among us, and that He desires to be invited into our life. That the Word alive in us has great effect in our life. The Word of God alive inside of us has great effect in our life. 1 John 4.4. 4. This is a different style I'm giving the way I'm preaching, teaching today, I know. 1 John 4.4. 4, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. You can put verses 1 through 4. And then you can go on down to around verse 10 through 14. Hebrews 4.12 and Romans 12.2. First John 4.4, 4, John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, verse 10 through 14. Hebrews 4.12 and Romans 12.2. That God is for us. He is greater in us than anything in this world. Jesus came. He's the Word made flesh, waiting to be invited into our life. And Him as the Word, being alive in us, has great effect in our life. Now, there's another one. Some things God, God's Word teaches us. Again, not an exhaustive list, short list. Many, many, many more things that God's Word teaches us that you could, that you could add to this, obviously. God speaks to us through his written word and the spoken word. We are to read and study the written word, and we are to listen and to receive the spoken word if it's to have any effect in us. God speaks to us through his written word and spoken word. Read and study the written word, listen and receive the spoken word. Scriptures, Matthew 4, 4. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. <clears throat> Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. That verse is hard for me not to take a leap off of because Isaiah obviously was a prophet. And when he gave that, he, he talks about how God's word is sent forth from heaven into the life and the person that his word is directed to. And as his word is imparted and deposited into a, someone's life, it's just a matter of time before that word will reap the harvest that it was sent forth to do, that it will not return to God void. In other words, when God speaks into someone's life, that word will, that word will come back. And it will not come back void, but it will come back full of life and fruit 
the way God intended it. So I want to encourage you. I know some of you have some people in your life that you've been praying for, uh, that you've been, you've been believing God for, for salvation, for deliverance, for healing, for a complete turnaround in their, in their life. And they may be as stubborn and stiff-necked and, 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 and just obnoxious as they can be about the Lord. But I want to encourage you that don't give up on speaking the Word of God over their life. They might not let you have a conversation with them and start preaching to them, as they may say. Don't be preaching to me. Don't be judging me or whatever it might be. But you can pray, and they don't even have to hear you pray. You can pray from your bedroom, from your car, from your shower, from your closet, from wherever you need to be. But pray. Pray the word of God over and into their life. And I want to encourage you, don't stop doing that. Because there's just a matter of time before God begins to, spray, uh, begins to rain down from heaven and water, that, and water that word. And as he waters that word, that word's taking root and germinating inside their heart. And they might not even know what's going on. It's like, you know, sickness likes to incubate in us before it springs forth like it did me this week and surprise me. God's word will surprise them. It it's incubating on the inside of them. And I want to encourage you, don't stop praying just because you don't see the full manifestation of what you're believing God to do in their life, okay? Or even in your own life, even in your own self, even in your own situation, even in your own home. I want to encourage you because here's the thing. You and I can't see the, the, the heart of a person, Okay, but God's the one who can look inside and sees exactly what's going on. And he sees how things are churning, how things are turning, how things are working that you and I can't tell. We don't understand it because we look by the outward appearance, but God looks deep inside the heart of a person. And that includes you. That includes me as we believe and pray the word of God. So I want to encourage you. Speak the word of God over your situation. Speak the word of God over your life. Speak the word of God over your family. Speak the word of God. It may look impossible, but the part of the word of God tells us that nothing is impossible with God to those who believe. And that doesn't mean you might not ever wrestle with it. You might not ever struggle in your faith about it. But man, keep believing and keep speaking and keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And I just, I just felt like I needed to encourage some of you in that because some of you, can, we can get discouraged when we're not seeing it all come around and all come to pass. I know we, we want it our way uh, yesterday, but the thing is God has a timetable. God has a time frame. God has a process. God has a way on how he works in different situations with different people. And I want to encourage you in that. Don't stop speaking the word of God because as, I, as, as Isaiah said, it will not return void back to the Lord but it will accomplish what it was sent forth to do. Amen? I know there's some, there's some real sticky, um, uh, stubborn situations that some of you are facing with different ones and different things and different people in your life. And, um, and I'm not one to tell you how to do it. I'm just here to say, listen, I know God's Word is alive. God's Word is real. And God's Word is powerful, as Hebrews 4.12 tells us. And man, it's sharp, and it can move, and it can shake, and it can, it can shift. It can, it, can, it can cause a lot of things to happen when you begin to... You don't just speak human wisdom. You speak heavenly 
divine influence by God, and that is his word. All 31,200 verses of this Bible has life in it. Timothy heard it. It's all scripture is God breathes, all right? And I know the world might think we're crazy when, when you live by faith, but I got to tell you, man, faith has been going on for a long time, and faith hasn't let anybody down yet. Faith hasn't let, in fact, faith is populating heaven, and it's depleting hell, and that's our cause, and that's our call, is to continue to speak God's word. I want to encourage you in that. Anybody got ears to hear that today? Anybody got a heart to receive that today? I just want to tell you, there's not a magic potion. It's not a magic pill. It's not a magic wand, but it is the word of God, and God never lies, and God never shuns himself, and God never turns his back on anybody, but man, I got to tell you, when you're in a tough spot, when you're in between a rock and a hard place, God says, I am a very present help in time of need. That when I'm sick, I lay my hands on you. I I believe the Lord. I command the word of God to go to work in my life. I may lay there for five days, but I believe I'll get back up. When you're going through something, the only thing I know that'll get you through it, as Paul said in Romans 15, the scriptures give us hope and they give us encouragement. And I just got to tell you and remind you today, church, there's going to be some times where you can't reach anybody on the phone where your pastor won't even talk to you because he's not feeling well or whatever it might be. What you gonna do then? Who you gonna call then? What you gonna pull up out of your pocket then? You gotta pull up and pull out the word of God that will never run dry, that will never let you down, that will never disappoint you, that will never tell a secret on you. But the word of God is true and has been through the fire. It's been through the furnace. It's been through every mountain and every valley and every scorched thing there is on this planet and God's word is still here. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that over all these authors, all these things written that by one spirit, the spirit of God, all commanding and and inspiring all these people to write it. Not one thing is contradictory. I know it can appear to be that way and we can always find fault with whatever we're looking at, but the truth is if you truly dig it, you truly cross-reference it, there are no errors in God's word. It's all true. It's all real. There's no false thing in it and it has never let, uh, let me down not one time and God's word, he will always come to pass. I don't know how he does half the stuff he does sometimes, there's not really a large theological explanation to some things, the way he answers prayers sometimes, the way he makes provision for some people, the way he heals some and heals others. I don't know why he would spit and make mud in one and then just turn his back and say, go well, you'll be all right, just go your way and they're okay. I don't understand half the things he does half the time, but my job is not to try to figure God out. My job is just to trust him and let him take me, let him lead me, let him guide me, let him hold me, let him do what he knows best. He's the one who created. He's the one who breathed life into me. He's the one who knows my fiber of my being. He knows exactly how I'm wired and he doesn't dislike me not one time. Even though there are days I don't like myself and I don't like other people, but God always, always is true. And sometimes he feels like he's running behind and he's running late, but I got to tell you, he's always going to be right on time. Anybody getting this today? That was not in my notes, so praise the Lord for that. What is God speaking to you? What's he showing you? What's he sharing with you? With his word, we should record it. 
remember it, recall it, the spoken word. We should write down the personal revelation that he gives us with inspiration. Write it in a note. Write it in a journal. Write it on your phone. Audio it. Record it. Whatever you got to do. These are things that believers should be remembering. Things should be right, that should be written down so we can remember them. Paul in, there's another scripture, 1 Timothy 1.18. 1 Timothy 1.18. Paul told Timothy, he said, look, I need you to remember the prophetic words that were spoken over you so that by them you can wage the good warfare. You see, when we can recall and remember and pull up the things God has spoken to us and has shared with us, Paul is saying, look, you're going to find yourself in a dogfight. You're going to find yourself in a, in a Goliath-David situation. You're going to find yourself in, a, in, in some tumultuous times. T- and here's the thing that's going to help you. You're going to remember what God told you. You're going to remember what God told you. If God told you that you're supposed to do this and that you're going to be here and you're going to be there and you're going to do this, then guess what? If none of that has happened just yet and you're in the middle of a lot of things, go back to what God last told you. Amen? I think half the times you and I would probably be spared a whole lot of heartache if we would just go back and do and listen and remember what God said the last time. But we got to keep trying to have something fresh, something stirred up at the moment. And, and half the time, God's like, look, I've been simmering on what I told you two years ago because I get, I'm the one from the beginning to the end. I know how it works. If you'll just go back to what I told you the last time, you wouldn't have find, found yourself in this situation this time. Don't get ahead of God, amen? Don't get ahead of God. Don't get ahead of God. And that brings me to this part. Uh, I want to re- encourage you in something, a reminder. Over the last eight years, New Life Church has received numerous prophetic words spoken to us. Uh, I've, got a whole, I've got a whole thing here. It's prophetic words that I keep track of and dated. And I've kind of went through and I kind of summed them in these five statements. Where God has spoken to us. Where God said, I will provide finances, facilities, and resources for my plan. As I read this, I want you to just think with me. The way he provides is may not be the way I would like him to be doing it. But I sure'd rather him do it his way than me try to make it happen my way. He said this, God's, he said his presence would be evident in all of our church. His presence. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to, I've talked to people who, um, who are new here, who have visited many times, and some other folks that are longtime members have said, you know, I was just so encouraged by the presence of the Lord today. And I'm like, are we in the same church? Because I'm like... My mind was full and racing of all kinds of things. I didn't feel a thing. But he, his presence would be evident in our church. Here's another one. God said that God, he, he said this, that I will bring in laborers to reach the lost, to help you reach the lost, and to help you love the prodigals. 
Man, you look back over the last several years, that's been going on. That's been going on. I don't have all the numbers with me, but I, 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 I didn't look those up ahead of time. But um, just in the last couple of years since COVID, I think we have had new members join and we've baptized people every year for the last three years. I know it's not like in huge hundreds of numbers, but to be honest with you, God killed that idol in me a long time ago. I'm not trying to keep up with what anybody else is doing or trying to be like somebody else or trying to have a church like somebody else uh, because I'm not somebody else. And church, we're not somebody else. We are who we are. And I'm thankful for every single person who has come in and joined our church, every single person who has gotten water baptized here. And we have a hot tub. I mean, who could say you had church with a hole in your roof, right? With rain coming down. Remember that? Just over a year ago. That was crap, man. I hated that. I know James did. But I'm so glad that's over. We got new lights in here. We got new bathrooms. We aren't, we're not paying for... None of, we didn't pay for any of this. God's provided this. It's crazy. Hopefully next week we get to use the new bathrooms, I think. That's what we're aiming for. Allegedly, I was told. Here's another one, what God spoke. He said, I will establish New Life Church to be a perpetual church for generations. Because I will, I will not be the pastor forever here. There's one day there will be a succession plan where someone else will take the lead. And then if the Lord tarries, someone after them. And I know some of you are like, man, I hope the Lord don't tarry that long. I get it. I get it. But here's the thing. I'm not going to hold on to something beyond my time. At least, Lord, I don't want to be that person. I want to be at a good place, healthy in my life, spiritually, in my marriage, with my children, with you, with who I am in the Lord, that when God says, okay, begin that time, church begins to change, baton begins to shift, new leadership emerges, and that's why we are so focused on raising up the next generation. Um, that God will have, God's got others in mind. He's bringing people up in leadership here. People are learning. People are growing. That's why we got to be patient with each other, right? That's why we got to be reminded to be kind to one another. Give people a chance. Amen? Give people a chance. Give people an opportunity. That God said, I will establish you to be a church perpetually. Man, that's great. Can you imagine that? If the Lord doesn't return, but anytime soon in our lifetime, people who lead this church, people who occupy your seat down the road, maybe, hopefully, it'll be in our own place. That God's leading this church to continue to be a light and a lamp in this world to reach people. And then he, I summed it up this way in the last point, that God would use us to send disciples to make disciples. And man, this is that all of these things are happening. They're not all happening to the fulfillment that my mind thinks of, or maybe that your mind may think of, but there, this, is, this has a lot of action to it. This has a lot of action to it that God's moving. So these are just some of the things that God's word teaches us. And the last one that uh, I'll give you is this. God's word teaches us 
that God and God alone provides salvation, deliverance, redemption, and restoration only through His Son, Jesus Christ. Salvation cannot be earned or given in any other way, through any other person, through any other means, except through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 31 through 39 would be a good tag for that. God and God alone provides all of that. But it only happens. It only takes place. It only transpires. It only manifests in our life through His Son, Jesus. Only through His Son. That's just a small portion of what God's Word teaches us. And so I want to encourage you to take all of that this week. I think there's five main points I gave you. Take one a day for the next Monday through Friday, however you want to do it, or gobble it all up in one setting. But take this this week, and I want you to go back over it. I want you to look up the Scriptures, and I want you to read them. And I want you to apply them to the points here and consider, ask the Lord, speak to me today. Speak to me through your word this week. And, get, and allow yourself to, to take in, absorb, and welcome the life-giving, life-transforming, hopeful, and encouraging word that God can bring you and sustain you. I've got another half a message here that I'm just not going to have time to get to. I was going to encourage you in something else with this. I was going to try to admonish you and take time every day to read the Word and give you a lot of different things to consider on how you can do that. Uh, but I'm just not going to be able to do that. Um, I will give you this right here. I will give you this right here. Do you, have five, do you have like four minutes? Okay, four minutes. I'm going to give you this. When you, root in, when you root in God's Word, when you get yourself to root into God's Word, it can help us. And here's these five thoughts I want to drop you, drop with you. Rooting in God's Word will help you to live in God's love. Romans 8, 37 through 39. Rooting in God's word will help you to live knowing God's voice. John 10, verse 3 through 4. Rooting in God's word will help you to live for God in righteousness. Psalm 119, 11 and Ephesians 5, 26. Rooting in God's word will help you to live with the truth of God centered in your life. <coughs> Ephesians 6.14. And lastly, rooting in God's word will help you to live knowing how to use the word of God. Ephesians 6.17. So we have the Bible at our fingertips. Literally, we have it at our fingertips. We live in a country where it's not banned, it's not barred, it's not against the law. You can go and buy anywhere. You can download it on your smart devices. 
when we take advantage of the Word of God in the sense of actually getting into it, reading it, studying it, writing things down, remembering what He, has, what he, what he teaches us, it will empower us to live in the way that God has designed us to live, a person to live in Christ. So I want to encourage you today. I've got a video I want to show you. It's a two-minute video. Then we're going to wrap up. But this video is one of our missionary partners in India, Cuckoo Matthews. Um, and he's at a crusade where he is giving out Bibles. And these people don't have... They don't live anywhere near an opportunity to get a Bible unless it's hand-delivered to them. So I want you to check out this video. It's two minutes, but check out what's going on. Look at it. See their faces. See the expressions. See their gratitude. And then let's pause for a moment to, re to reflect. Man, let that be me. Take a look. Let's stand to our feet if you can. Lord, make us that excited. And I'm not insinuating we're not. You're not. I'm just saying. If you want your mind to change, your heart to change, your life to change, your inner workings to change, your outlook to change, man, it takes God's Word to do that. It takes God's Word. Uh, old Bible college teacher used to say, you got to get rid of the stinking thinking. <laughs> and, 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 and replace it with healthy thinking, all right? doesn't make you a Bible thumper. It won't make you a hard-nosed Christian and where you go around and you judge everybody because if you really read the Word, it tells you not to be that kind of person either. <laughs> but man, I can't implore you enough, encourage you enough. Let's 
Let's do this. Let's pray. Then we're going to sing this final song. Lord, if you, if you just want the Lord to give you a renewed sense for his word, just a renewed sense for his written word and his spoken word today, just put your hand over your heart. Lord, help us to not take for granted your word. Help us to not neglect it. Teach us, O Lord, each day how to order our day so that we create space and make room for your word to be alive in each and every one of our lives. Lord, help us to know what you say. And Lord, help us to do what we can do to be responsible to recall and remember as we write it down and we reflect on your word. Father, I ask that you would, by your spirit today, things that we forgot have forgotten, words that we have received, but we have just, they're just so dusty, we don't remember. Holy Spirit, come. Clear that dust. Bring it back to memory. Oh, Lord, and then help us to apply it. Give us a renewed passion, a renewed sense of of awe for your word. That we don't go walking around in these and thous, but man, we're just real Christians who don't live on bread alone, who aren't satisfied with entertainment alone who aren't okay with all the hobbies we can have. But we must have something greater. And that is your word. Teach us, O Lord, today. Renew that sense in our heart to root down in your word. In Jesus' name.